You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Bjorn Freeborg. Bjorn, thanks so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you for having me very much. Thank you. Bjorn, we're going to talk about your show, Imploded, at HB381, uh, which is running through August 18th of this year, 2023. I, I want to jump into the, the show and these amazing works that are there. Uh, but first, I, I want to talk a little bit about part of your background, which is um, as, as, a, as a hotshot manager in, in Denmark's leading glass factory. Can you tell me a little bit about what's, what's happening there? Because that's, that's resurrecting contemporary glass making, right? I'd, I'd love to know a little bit more about that, both in Denmark and internationally, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, I I run this uh, this uh, kind of uh, hop here as an institution where we uh, produce glass for uh, artists and uh, designers, uh, and it's an old factory that was uh, that shut down in 2006, uh, where where there was around 300 employees, and they were producing. Uh, Glass for the Danish brand, brand Holmago, and uh, yeah. So since then, uh, it's been uh, re kind of remade, and now it's a uh, it's an institution where we use where we produce uh, and work uh, nationally and internationally to kind of reestablish the yeah the communication between artists and craftsmen. Yeah. So that's what we do here. It's uh, it's mainly my job here is to yeah make hot glass as a fluid material where we blow it and uh, make art out of it. Yeah, that's what we do. And so when you talk about artists working with 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 craftsmen there, um, what are they doing now that's different? Because of course this is these are uh, you know I, I would imagine some of the uh, the language, some of the exploration, some of the possibilities have changed in terms of what artists can do with glass. Is that is that correct in terms of techniques? Yeah, since since glass is a very it's a heavy it's a heavy knowledge to to just jump in as a as a as an amateur or as an artist who, for example, as a painter or a ceramist, you need to communicated through the hands of a professional craftsman. So it's important that that we kind of help, or not help, just real, just make it real, or, or make it uh, make it possible for artists to get hands on with the material glass. Yeah. And th- and then sometimes when artists are working hands on with the material like that, or working through, uh, you know. Uh, master craftsmen, uh, you know, occasionally in, in, in shops like this, right, the limit is pushed of what the medium can, 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 can do or what can happen with it. That sometimes happens in paper shops, sometimes in print shops. You know, artists tend to test the limits. How far can we go with this material? Maybe how big, how small, how delicate, you know, all kinds of issues. Do you see things like that happening in the shop? Are there, are there kind of um, areas that are glasses being pushed into that you haven't seen before well yes sure I would say that the most interesting part of being 
or kind of developing uh, art pieces for artists who haven't been in the material before is almost like saying it's to be naive or just coming in with ideas that are impossible. Uh, and impossible ideas is almost is always the most challenging uh, way of developing new kind of techniques or ways of doing it. Uh, because what as an as an artist coming into a glass shop or into a shop where they work with material they've never touched before, it's uh, it's just a liquid. They just see a liquid, very hot liquid, and uh, so. It's very interesting, it's, and it's also one of the ways of development into something new and interesting, for sure. Uh, I would say, as a craftsman or an artist, it's very easy to get stuck in some kind of dogmatic theme where you work in, in a culture of, uh, of history, for example, with Italian techniques or Murano techniques, where you just know... The, the drill. Uh, so that's what we're doing here: is to to push it, or not push it, but 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 kind of um, helping naive ideas to become something true, you know. And I'm not saying naive as a negative term. Term. It's just the way of of doing something that is impossible, and then actually making something that would be a an art piece. I love that that idea. Yeah, and of course that does make a lot of sense. The the the, the impossible idea is is what can stretch things. Um, yes. Yeah, into areas unknown. So let, let's talk about your work, um, Imploded. The works in this show. I mean, that's the title of the show, Imploded, and is often what some of the works look like. So, um, can you tell me to begin with a little bit about this this process? These are your sculptures that some almost look like. There's images here for people to see on the website, but these are almost egg shaped and look and look you know broken, damaged, penetrated, or or, or exploded as 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 is the case. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how this series started? Because this technique itself seems very unusual. The the colors uh, uh, and everything that's happening here. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I, I've been, as an artist, I've been, I walked around different materials. I've been working with, uh, with glass, and I'm educated in, in the factory of producing glass. And I would say I, I did that very young and, and then went to art school. And at art school, I started to work with, uh, with ceramic and uh, what I found out is uh, is the the fact of materials and 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 the and the heat, where I uh, started to sculpture ceramic pieces and went into the the chemistry of it and found out that glass and glaze is uh, in fact the same thing and and uh, after graduating I went back to the glass scene and started to play around with the with my own ideas and uh, what happened with the implosion the also called penetration they have two names I started to kind of push me put push the my culture of uh, of craft and uh, the implosion series is uh, is made where I do my kind of 
crafty piece as the egg shape you talk about where I blow a, a kind of stable part that I then heat up and sculpture by pouring extremely hard glass that will run through the piece. Uh, uh, so some of it, it, you can say it's almost like a, an energy flow through, you know, and for me it's the beauty of glass and the beauty of an art piece is when you, and as a sculpturist, that the glass or the, or the material actually has done all the work for you, kind of, you know. So it's not a, it's an expressionist, expressionist piece that is worked on as in a high energy where I push it through as powerful as I can. So I'm trying to capture a moment with the, with the frozen, with the frozen kind of uh, picture of an energy that just stays there at that moment where I was at the highest level of myself I could just dream of. So that's and that's such an extraordinary, it's such an extraordinary moment you're kind of talking about. I mean, you're talking about a kind of peak moment. It sounds to me like a gestural moment, like a, um, like a, like an almost violent moment. How does that, how does that come to be in terms of you working with this? Because that's an, as you say, that's an energy, right? It almost, almost in a oh, way, yeah. like a, a large brushstroke with, like, let's say, a huge brush could be an energy. How does that yeah. happen in the studio? Because this seems so process and, and craft oriented. It doesn't, glass has never struck me as a medium that could lend itself to that kind of, um, that kind of expression, that kind of force, potentially or what looks like force. How does that happen in the, in, in the studio, in the, so to speak? So I make all my glass in my studio. I have like a partly a studio in, in Småland, my own in Sweden, in the forest of Sweden, very deep forest where I work my, with my team. We, uh, we work uh, there and we, uh, we know each other very well. I've been working for many years. So, so when I come in there, it's, uh, I, 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 I stri strafe, stra strafe to get into this zone of just as a sportsman or like some kind of peak energy. I just work as hard as I can to get out there. And that's why I produce the best piece. Uh, so it is, it is a, in the studio, there is, as, as when I talk about energy, the studio is just energized by hot glass and hot materials and big furnaces. And it's just like almost naively being inside of like a volcano. And there is a high tension and a lot of sweat. And in this moment, I can find something that is very interesting, uh, it just as a human to push yourself into a moment and this is just projected directly into uh, what you do physically and that's what happens with these pieces they are just a result of uh, result of some kind of uh, explosion inside myself somehow you know where this peak moment and then just stop it at the mm -hmm. highest and uh, so that's the that's the that's wonderful. That's the beauty of what I think I can see in these my own pieces of of objects and arts, where I really captured that moment, and it's just a frozen moment because glass goes from being extremely hot and, as you say, violent. It's uh, very easy to get burned or do something wrong and actually get uh, yeah, it can be dangerous, you know, and. 
that's the that's the beauty of it. I said, you know, violent can be beautiful, but also when you can canalize that energy into a material, you know, you get result of that. That's that's what I can say about it. And tell me about this studio in the forest. The studio itself sounds kind of magical and, and, and just getting there. I can't imagine what it looks like. This is a small studio that's not connected to to the grid, so to speak, to, to electricity, or, or how far out in the forest is this? Well, this is uh, it's called the, the kingdom, of, kingdom of Crystal. It has, like, big factories, old factories, because uh, historically they used wood to fire these furnaces, and it just, just, it just stayed there. So I work in a factory called Molaros, where I have my own uh, furnaces in there, and uh, so I drive there to, to do my, my art. It's a, it's a four hours drive from Copenhagen, if you know, and it's in that, that's Denmark. So I drive to Sweden into the forest. It's very off-grid, but of course, it's not off-grid. It is connected to electricity and gas and everything, but it's, it's a very deep forest. Uh, it's a very magical place with an old, old factory that are 300 years old. And you, I mean, in the middle, it's like isolated in the, around with, with, with forests and seas around it, you know. So it's a, it's a very nice place to, to, go, to go introvert, you know. It's an introverted place, very introverted. Very good place to do your own stuff, your own stuff, if you know what I mean. And then, and then the, the, the way these travel also seems to be something or something I thought of, right? So they're coming... They're coming from the forest. They're leaving the forest, and in, in, in this case, they're traveling mm. to a gallery in New York, HB three eighty one. What is what what is that like? How is that done? These seem very delicate. Are they as delicate as they look? Is is the is the way these travel also um, an unusual process? See, it's very interesting you ask me this question because I've, I've been thinking a lot about this when. When I'm in the process and taking out the pieces from the from the cooling, they have to cool down from I don't know in, in Fahrenheit, maybe like uh, 1700 Fahrenheit down to a uh, room temperature. So they have to cool down over several days, and I I stay, I stay I stick around in the forest to wait to take my glass out of the kilns, and when I take them out there, they have a totally different kind of. Uh, they communicate different with me when I take them from there, and as you say, when I take them back to Denmark and uh, do do some finish working of them and put them into my atelier and I look at them, and then the whole thing starts with communicating with galleries and and they travel out and then they stand there in Broadway in Tobacco and New York. You know, it's a very different. I have a very different view on them on the different faces where they are. Uh, but they are—they are just uh, these pieces are just a, a captured moment of an energy that I was in in the forest of Smoland. Thanks so much for talking about this with me. It's it's such a it's such a beautiful show, and and, and the show itself, the the grouping of them, of course, these are all these these moments as you're saying, but the grouping almost looks figurative. Um, when I saw the show, I, I almost had the sense that they were talking to one another. Um, I don't know if that's something you ever think about, uh, but I would imagine also as they, as they travel too, as you're saying, you've seen them in different places. 
Um, does that make sense that they that the that the conversation that these pieces are having with each other maybe changes from place to place, the gallery in New York to your studio to the forest? Absolutely, they have a they have a they have a different language in 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 every different room they are in, and and as you say, as they they are grouping, they are they are put up as a communicated uh, spectra that they are they are in for me also when I look at them. You know, in uh, they are communicating in a way still. You know, to me, of course, of course they do. Bjorn, I want to ask you one more question before we go, uh, which is a little off topic, but I'm always curious what um, what everyone's reading. What are, are you reading or, or looking at at the moment? To be honest, I read very little, but 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 I am actually reading a little bit at the moment, and I'm reading a, this Danish. Uh, uh, poetry, poetry, poetry. Uh, it was called Yaya Hassan, uh, who is a young guy uh, who was a refugee and went to Denmark and is just writing very skeptically about Danish society and the whole immigration. Yeah, so that's a very interesting, that's a very interesting book I'm reading right now. Bjorn, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today and, 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 and producing these, these very beautiful and, and poetic works. Um, thanks again. I, I wish you the best with the show. Thank you, Bjorn. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>